today is you heard Amina talk about dream and her poetry piece there and what God has next. That's exactly what I want to deal with you with today and teach you today is about courage to dream. I have so much information that I want to give you today. I'm going to forego an introduction and just dive right into it today. So if you have your bulletin notes, you can follow along with me and fill in the blank and take some notes. Point number one is this courage to dream. God has more. God has a dream for your life. God wants to do some awesome, great things through your life. How do we see it come to pass? Number one is this. You got to see it. Everybody shout, see it. I want to take you to Exodus chapter 3, and we're going to unpack this story in the book of Exodus today as we look at courage to dream. God's word says in Exodus chapter 3, verse number 16, it says, Go, assemble the elders of Israel, and say to them, The Lord, the God of your fathers, the God of Abraham, Isaac, and Jacob, appeared to me and said, I have watched over you and have seen what has been done to you in Egypt. And I have promised to bring you up out of your misery in Egypt into the land of the Canaanites, Hittites, Amorites, Perizzites, Hivites, and Jebusites, a land, notice this, it's a good land, a land flowing with milk and honey. Now, if you're not familiar with the story, Israel, the nation of Israel, they were in bondage. They were in captivity in the nation of Egypt for over 400 years. So they were in this bondage, in this slavery, in this oppression for 400 years. And here's what you have to understand about this story is for generations, that's all they knew. So there were several generations of Israelites. All they knew was slavery and oppression and bondage that they didn't know anything about owning their own land and property. All they knew was being in bondage in in Egypt. And here's what this teaches me. As I look at the story this past week and studied it and prayed through it, here's what I I grabbed a hold of is, is Israel teaches us that in the middle of a horrible, undesirable, pathetic situation that you can get out of it with just a dream. It all starts with a dream. All Israel knew was bondage and captivity, and all of a sudden, God shows up and he speaks to this man named Moses and says, listen, Moses, I want you to go tell my people that I have a land for them. I don't want them to continue to live in bondage and in captivity, and all they had was a dream, but can I tell you, dreams are powerful. A dream, if you can just see it, you can get out of your situation, if you can just See it today. And I want to tell you today, God has so much more for many of you. And many of you, your problem is you just can't see it. Many of you today, you you can't see it because of your past or because of your present. There are many people under the sound of my voice right now, you can't see the wonderful plans God has for you because of your past situation. You see, you see, daddy and mama always had a bad marriage. Always argued, cussed, fought, knocked one another side of the head, got divorced. And that's all you saw. I mean, you grew up in that, and you think that's almost normal. And so you can't see a healthy marriage because of what, you, what you've been through. So some of you can't see yourself financially stable. Because, you know, mama and them and grandpa and grandma and them, all they did was borrow from Peter to pay Paul and write hot checks, switch checking accounts, switch banks. Lie, 
rack up credit card debt, transfer the debt onto another credit card. Uh, and that's what you know. To you, that's normal. And you can't even see being financially stable. You, you, can't, you can't even envision it because of your past, because of your situation. You can't even see yourself free from addictions. All you know is, is crack and, and drugs and alcoholism. I mean, that's all you know is being in Egypt and being, you, you've been in that for generations and you can't even see the promised land. You can't even see yourself on fire for God because mom and daddy and them, all they did was play church. They took you to church here and there and went to church some and sang some songs, but Monday through Saturday, they didn't live any of it. They just played church. They just went through the motions and that's what you know. You know, coming to church, you're not, you're not really living for God. This is like a ritual. This is just a religion. So you just show up out, out of habit because that's what daddy and mama did. And you're just playing and you can't even see it today. And I want you to hear me today. You need to get a dream from God today. I want you today to be able to, to see it because if you can see it, you can achieve it. It all starts with getting a dream. You see, that's what happened to Israel. Israel, it all started with a dream from God. Yes, they were still in bondage. Yes, they were still in captivity. Yes, they were still in oppression. Their circumstances had not changed, but they had a dream of being free. They, had, they saw a promised land that they had never been to and said, we can do that. And I, I, wanna hear, I want you to hear me today. Some of you, I want to tell you, you need to see it today. You, you may be on drugs. You may be half high today. But I, I'm glad you're here. And I want you to see yourself free. Come on, I want you to see yourself not smoking the pipe no more. Come on, see yourself. You're not going to be an alcoholic anymore. Come on, just see it. Yeah, I know where you are today, but just see it. I, 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 know, I know daddy and mama were divorced and you feel like, you know, you don't have any relationship skills because daddy and mom and what they did. But I want you just to see yourself being married for 50 plus years. Come on, see yourself having a healthy marriage. See yourself, come on, honoring God with the same spouse that you got married. Come on, see it. I want you to see it. To just, just, just see it. I, I want you to see yourself on fire for God. Daddy and mama, they played church, and that's all you know. But I want you to see yourself sold out to Jesus. I want you to see yourself living the Bible. I want you to see yourself honoring the Lord Jesus Christ. I want you just to see it today. I want you to see yourself having godly kids. Come on, your kids are on fire for Jesus Christ. Come on, a generation, a whole generation, the next generation, and the next generation are going to be followers of Jesus Christ because of your life and because of your example and because of what God is doing in you today. Come on, just see it. Just, just see it today. Come on, see yourself financially stable. Come on, see yourself honoring God, returning the tithe, paying your bills on time. Come on, see yourself getting a savings account and get some money in retirement. Come on, see yourself. See yourself in a different place financially. Come on, see yourself finishing well. Come on, you're in your 50s today. You're in your 60s today, and you, you've ran a good race. But come on, see yourself finishing strong. You're not going to give out or give up. You're going to be like the Apostle Paul. I've finished my course. I ran my race. I fought the good fight of faith. I'm come on, see it. See, see yourself. There's power in a dream. Come on, see yourself starting the new business. See it, see it, see it, see it. Just get the vision. It all starts with a dream. I remember when I was growing up and we woke up, Oklahoma, it all started with a dream for me. And, and, and I don't share this story because a lot of times I like to share my struggles more than I share my successes because I think we oftentimes learn more from one another's struggles. But I'm sharing this just to inspire you today. I was growing up and we woke Oklahoma and grabbed a hold of my heart my senior year in high school. We had a front porch on Saran Drive that had two pillars. They came out, and the steps were in between them to get down the portion to the grass and the sidewalk. 
Now, I mean, it's crazy to think back now that we woke a town of three or 4,000 that today I'm pastoring a church as big as the city I grew up in. It just it boggles my mind. And I, I would sit out there. I was supposed to mow the grass, and the grass would be about this tall or so because I hadn't mowed it, and the Oklahoma wind would come wiping, sweeping through, and the grass would be rocking and rolling back and forth, just kind of moving. I'd be out there standing on the podium on, the, on kind of the ledge in our porch, and I'd be preaching. Man, I, I preached. I saw thousands. I would be crying. I'd be, I preached my back. You ain't heard of some stuff I preached. I mean, there's some stuff in me you ain't never. I preached my back, bawling my eyes out, grass swaying. I mean, it was the Mississippi Mass Choir moving as I'm preaching. And I mean, I'm seeing people coming to Jesus. And I'm 17 years old. All I had was a dream. Living, growing up in Woke, Oklahoma, hadn't been any further than Kansas City, Missouri. Never dreamed that I would preach in almost every, every, every state in our, in, in our nation. I never dreamed I'd be over in Africa twice and preaching in front of thousands. And over and I never, it all started with a dream on a front porch in Wewoka, Oklahoma. I was the middle of Egypt. Mom and daddy got divorced, drug and alcoholism all in my family, but I had a dream. I, I, a dream. It all starts. It all starts with a dream. There's a second thing that I want to share with you today. Courage to dream. First, you got to see it. Number two is this. You got to believe it. You got to believe it. Let me take you back to the book of Exodus, this story, chapter four, verse number 30. It says, and Aaron told them everything the Lord had said to Moses. And what he was simply telling the Israelites, he was telling the Israelites that God spoke to, to Moses. He wants to bring you out of Egypt, out of bondage, out of captivity, out of oppression. He wants to take you to a land of your own, a good land. He goes on to say, he also performed the signs before the people. Notice verse 31, I like this. And they believed. And when they heard that the Lord was concerned about them and had seen their misery, they bowed down and worshiped. And they, verse 31 says, believed. Get the magnitude of this. Four hundred years, all you know is oppression and bondage and captivity. The Egyptians have been having their thumb on you. You don't know anything what it is to own your own land, to, to, to run your own life. Somebody's had their thumb on you all their life. And all of a sudden, they got a dream. They, they could see it. And I love what it says. Their situation hadn't changed. They were still in Egypt. They were still in bondage. They were still in oppression. But the Bible says they saw it and they believed it. They believed it. And friends, I, I want you to believe it today. I want you to believe that the dream that you have, the thing that you can see in your mind, I want you to believe that God's going to bring it to pass. Because here's the deal. There can be two people in the same situation and they can both see it. And one sees it and doubts it. And another sees it and believes it. And I want you to be a part of the crowd and the audience today that you see it and you believe it. You say, Herbert, you don't know what I'm going through. It doesn't matter. No matter what your situation is, no matter what circumstance you find yourself in, if you can see it and believe it, you can achieve it. But you got to see it. You got to see it. And then you've got to believe it. Here's my goal for the next few moments. I want to pump you full of hope. I want you to be hopeful 
I want you to be inspired and have hope that God is able because if you can see it and believe it, your dream can come to pass. And here's the deal. Some of you may not understand this, but, but believing or, or having hope that the dream can come to pass is crucial. Having hope is critical. It's very foundational for the dream to come to pass. You must have hope. You've got to believe it. it, it it's, it's key. The, the, the scripture says it like this in Hebrews chapter 11 and verse number one. Grab a hold of this today. It says, now faith is being sure of what we hope. Everybody shout hope. Notice that faith is being sure of what we hope for and certain of what we do not see, of what we hope. In other words, a confident expectation, a confident anticipation that God can bring it to pass. You got to have some, some hope that God will do it. God can do it, that he can, uh, Scripture says, hope for, a, uh, a, for, for and certain of what we do not see. In other words, I see it, but I don't see it. You'll get that when you get to the house. I see it, but I don't see it. I, I see it in, 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 my, in my spiritual eyes. I, I see it in my mind. I've never been there. I've never been to the promised land. I haven't experienced it yet. But, but I do see it even though I haven't seen it. I have hope that it's going to happen. And today, I want you to be full of hope that God will bring it to pass because hope is so important to the dream. You see, hope is like gasoline in your car if you've got a car that runs on gas. Can I tell you, you got a car that runs on gasoline, I don't care the make, the model, or the year. If you don't have no gasoline, it won't run. You can go shine it up and wash it up, put armor all on your tires and all of that. But if you don't put no gasoline in it, it's not going anywhere. Same thing with your faith. Faith without hope won't run. It, it won't work because, listen, faith is the substance of things. Hope! you got to have a confident expectation that God will do it. Can I tell you today, you can't sit there just full of doubt. Well, I, I see it today, Herbert. I can see a healthy marriage, but I don't, I don't really believe it. No, no, you got to give God something to work with. God just needs some hope. He needs you to have faith that he can do what he said he would do. You, you need to see it today. You need to see your kids serving God. Come on, say, you need to believe it today. You need to see yourself financially. Stable. You need to see it and, and believe it. You need to see yourself on fire for God, free from the addictions. Come on, you need to see it, and you need to believe it. I believe, I believe I'm going to leave free. I believe I'm going to be different. I believe I'm going to live free. I believe. You need to see it and believe it. Hope is so important to your faith. And the Bible says in Hebrews chapter 11 and verse number 6, without faith, it is impossible to please the Lord. You got to have faith. And the key to your faith is having hope, confident expectation that God will do what he said he would do. And I think about my own life. It started with seeing it and, and believing it, believing that God is able to take a little boy who's broken and divorced and abused and the whole nine yards. I don't come from a line of preachers. People ask me, is your father Cooper over here? No, I don't. No, uh-uh. Uh, no. That's not my people's. Amen. My people's heathens. You talking about the ones that been to jail? That's, that's not, they're mine. No. Those are my people's. Amen. <laughs> you got the wrong folks. Amen. But a dream. Seeing it and believing it. That God can bring it to pass. Can you see it today? Can you see it? Do you believe a healthy marriage? Come on, do you see yourself free from addiction? Do you believe it? Come on, do you see yourself godly and living for Jesus? Come on, do you see a bride? Come on, see it and believe it. There's a third thing I want to share with you today. Courage to dream. Courage to dream. You got to see it. You got to believe it. And number three is this. You got to build it. You got to build it. Now, here's where I want to spend some time just unpacking how to build it. 
First, you have to see it. Then you need to believe it. And then you need to build it. The question is this. I want to I want to give you some things to, to leave home with, to, to leave this building with, to take home some practical steps on how to reach your dream. How do you build it, Herbert? How do you build the dream? Number one is this. Get the right plan. Get the right plan. You see, your dream requires a plan if it's going to come to fruition. Please hear me today. Israel didn't get to the promised land by just seeing the dream and believing the dream. You see, God gave Moses, God gave Israel a plan on how to accomplish the dream. The plan is important. Now, now I don't have time today because if you'll, you'll study the book of Exodus, and I encourage you to do it. Take this message home and study it. You can see the steps. You can see the plan that God gave Moses, that God gave Israel in the book of, of, of Exodus on how to accomplish the dream, on how to reach the promised land. And, and for time's sake, I'm just going to give you an overview, just a few of the things that God gave them to do, a plan to reach the promised land. One of the things God said is Moses, when he was talking to him through the burning bush, he says, I want you to go to, to the leaders of Israel, and I want you to share with them what I've shared with you, part of the plan. He says, I want you to go to Pharaoh, the king. I want you to tell Pharaoh to let my people go. It's part of the, it's part of the plan. He says, hey, 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 here's what I want you to do. I want you guys to put the blood of a lamb on, on the doorpost of the house. I'm going to read that scripture to you momentarily. But, but it's part of the plan, the blood of the lamb on the doorpost. Uh, it, 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 it's an example of, of, of our Lord and Savior, Jesus Christ. It's, it's a type. It's, it's, it's Jesus dying on the cross for our sins. But put the blood on the door. It's part of the plan. He says, I want you to cross through the Red Sea on dry ground. I know you haven't done it yet, but it's part of, of the plan. He says, when, I, when you get on the other side of the Red Sea and you get to this place called Jericho, because you're not there yet, but when you get to Jericho, march around the city for six days, once a day, and on the seventh day, march around seven times. It's part of the plan. God gives you a dream, and you got to see it, and you got to believe it, and then you got to build it, and you got to have a plan. My, my question to you is, what's your plan? To see your dream come to pass. Seeing and believing is not good enough. You got to build it. You need a plan. You need a, a strategy. The scripture says in Luke chapter 14 and verse 28, Jesus said, suppose one of you wants to build a tower. You have this vision to build a, a building. You have this dream to build this facility. He says, will he not first sit down and estimate the cost and to see if he has enough money to complete it? He says, he doesn't just start building. When, when he sees it and believes it, he puts together a plan. He says, man, I got to have a plan to be able to build this building. I want the dream to come to pass so he estimates the cost he puts together the plan to build the the building let me let me ask you a question just ponder this with me what kind of plan do you have in place you want to grow spiritually what's your spiritual plan what kind of plan do you do you have you read the bible every day you're gonna pray every day you're gonna come to church every week you're gonna be a part of a small group but what's your plan? It, just, just, it doesn't just happen by osmosis what's your what's your plan to accomplish the the dream for your life What's your marriage plan? Herbert, I'm married. I want to have a healthy marriage. I want us to be happily married. I want us to be married 50, 60, 70 years. What's your plan? What kind of plan do you have to make sure your marriage stays healthy and strong? It's just not going to happen by osmosis. You got to see it. You got to believe it. And you got to build it. What's your dating plan? Herbert, I'm single and I want to have a strong marriage one day. I want to marry somebody that's going to be on fire for Jesus Christ. What's your plan? Come on. It's got to be more than he's cute. And she's fine. She's fine. I'm just, she is fine. I mean, it's got to be more than that. That's not no plan. 
I mean, what's, what's your plan? What's your, what's your plan to have a godly? What, what's your plan to have godly kids? What's your godly kid plan? I mean, you want your kids and you want to have a, leave a legacy of your, your family serving the Lord. What's your plan to invest in your kids and to teach them the word of God and to teach them to apply the word of God to everyday life? What's your, what's your godly kid plan? What's your career plan? Pastor, I believe God has great things for me in my career. I believe he wants to do this and do well, what, what's, what's the plan? What, it's not going to happen by osmosis. You see it, you believe it, and then you build it. And you got to have a plan. What's your financial plan? Herbert, I don't want to continue to live paycheck to paycheck and rob Peter to pay Paul. And I don't want to continue to live off credit cards. I don't want to have $50,000 worth of credit card. I don't want to live. What, what's your plan? What, what's, what's the plan? You, you, got, you see it. You believe. But what's your plan? Here, here's a big one. What's your health plan? Pastor, I don't want to die 55 of a heart attack. Well, quit eating them Twinkies. You got to have a plan. Come on, what's your plan? You got, you got to have a plan. Come on. You, 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 come on. Now, you got to eat right. And welcome to People's Church. We want to invite you to our next class where we'll be serving Krispy Kreme donuts, exploring this experience today. Welcome. We're glad to have you here. Come on. Some of you better lead them donuts along. Amen. Ask us for some celery. Praise the Lord. But what's your plan? What's your plan? What's your plan? You got to have a plan. We didn't build this church and build this building just with a dream. We had a dream and, and we, 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 had, we believed it. But we put, a, put, put together a plan. This building that you're sitting together in, in today, some people say, oh, isn't it good what the Lord has done? God built this building. Tell Josh Brown, our director of operation, that God built this building all by himself. He didn't build this building all by himself. Oh, no, he didn't. He needed folks. I mean, it took a plan. We, we had a dream to say we want to reach more people. We had a dream that, man, we're just getting started. Thousands of people are going to give their life to Christ and be discipled and raised up. And, but it took a plan. I mean, the building you're sitting together is just sitting in today. Long before we ever started, we put together a plan. Here's the building plans right here. I'm holding in my hand the civil engineering. Before, you ever, before we ever turned dirt, we, we had a plan. We didn't just, oh, we're praying. We just, oh, we walk in the prayer. No, it took more than that, amen. It, 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 took, it took a plan. That was part of it, man. I'm, I'm holding right here. I'm holding the structural engineering, the, the foundation. and all. I mean, there are miles and miles of stuff underneath this building of cords. I mean, junk running. I mean, it's applying. We have the engineering of the building, the architectural plan right here. We have the mechanical, the electrical, and the plumbing plan. It's all before we ever did anything, we had a plan. Financial plan, a building plan. We, we had a plan because dreams don't come to pass by just seeing and believing. You got to build it with a plan. Can you imagine if we would have built this building without a plan? You'd be sitting in the parking lot right now, huh? The plumbing would be on top of the roof. Somewhere. I mean, it'd be crazy. It takes a plan. Pastor, pastor, I see it. I'm excited. You're pumping me up. I got hope. I believe it. What's your plan? What's your plan? There's a second thing I want to share with you to, to build it, to build the dream is you got to get the right relationships. Get the right relationships. God gave Moses Aaron because Moses felt like he was too inadequate to do the job by himself. Scripture says in Exodus chapter 4 and verse 14, then the Lord's anger burned against Moses and said, because Moses felt inadequate and God felt like he was able, but Moses felt like he needed somebody else. So God wasn't happy about it, but God hooked him up with the right relationship. He says, what about your brother Aaron, the Levite? I know he can speak well. He is already on his way to meet you. And his heart will be glad when he sees you. And God gave Moses Aaron to help lead the people of Israel out of Egypt. Can I tell you something? Having the right relationships is key. 
It's key for your dream to come to pass. I want to ask you two questions. Question number one is this. Who do you need in your life to help you build your dream? Think about it. Who, what relationship, who do you need in your life to help you build your dream? What, what friends do you need? What, what mentors do you need? What, what advisors do you need? You want to start a business. What business partner do you need? What, what employees do, do, do you need to see the dream come to pass? What, what community group do you need to hook up with so they can invest in your life? What, what, what's your plan? And, what, when, and not only the plan, what's, what's the right relationships that you need co- to be connected to? I think about how the Lord has worked in my life. Relationships have been key to see my dreams come to pass. The most important relationship that God gave me was my godly wife, Tiffany. I mean, I thank God for my wife on a daily basis. He, I mean, the barbecue sauce on my ribs, the jelly on my toast, the hot sauce on my chitlins. I'm telling you, the butter on my biscuits. I mean, I thank God for a godly wife who serves alongside of me, who's full of faith and full of vision. So I'm glad I didn't marry no billy goat. Man, it ain't going to happen. You can't do it. You can't do it. No, uh-uh. No, I didn't marry no billy goat. Right relationships, right relationships are key to the dream. I, I think about Brian Rush, Brian and Alicia, who came with us to start People's Church. Brian, are you in here right now? Is Brian here in the, in the back? Brian's back there in the very, very back. You see him, some singing on the stage. Man, Brian and Alicia came when we didn't have a building, no money, no people. We just had a dream and we believed it. And God brought a couple alongside of us. It's been here since day one. And you business owners, you entrepreneurs, you know it's pretty incredible to start a business with somebody, to start a corporation, to start a church with somebody, and they're still with you after day, from day one. Can I thank God that he brought the right relationships into my life? And Brian and Alicia have been there to encourage me, and I've encouraged him. We've been seeing our dreams come to pass, of touching a city, impacting our, our nation and the world. We, we, we've been there beside one another. And I thank God for people that will believe in me and have supported me. And when Brian and I, we started this church, we, we, neither one of us had kids. We've seen the dream of having kids, and Brian's got two kids, and I've got four kids. Brian had to be able to keep up with me. Amen. We, <laughs> my wife and I have been sprinting, praise the Lord. <laughs> but dream, man, Brian, I, I said it first experience, and I mean it, to, uh, man, I mean, I said it to him privately all the time. Thank you, Brian, for your sacrifice, for believing in me for sticking with me through thick and thin, through tough times, through good times. Thanks for believing in the dream. The right relationships, the right relationships are key to the dream coming to pass. I can think about mentors who have spoken into my life, who are my, I mean, the right relationships. And not only this, not only this, here's the next question I want to ask you. Who do you not need in your life to build your dream? There are some people you do need and there's some people you don't need. There are some people, hear me, there are some people in your life right now who don't want to see your dream come to pass. There are some people that will pull you down every time you try to get up. There are some people, they smile in your face, but they want you to live in Egypt. They want you to stay in bondage. They want you to stay oppressed. There are some people who don't don't even understand your dream. They think you're crazy. There there are some people that will be jealous of you when you start pursuing your dream. I I can think about when I started People's Church. It's almost eight years ago in May. It'll be our eight-year anniversary. You don't want to miss it on Mother's Day. And, and I remember starting this church, and, man, there was a pastor that was really close to me. And, man, he would speak into my life, give me great advice, as long as our church was smaller than his. And as soon as our church got to about four or 500, I would call him up and ask him for advice and wisdom on different situations. And, man, he would give me some, some off-the-wall advice. <laughs> I'd hang up the phone, and I'd start thinking, 
He's trying to sabotage me. That is stupid. And, and jealousy began, to, and he didn't want to see this church grow and succeed and reach a lot of people. He, I mean, there are some people that you don't need in your life to see your dream come to pass. They're like a crab. They'll pull you down every time you try to get up. Listen, the right relationships are key to your dream coming to pass. Who do you need in your life to build the dream, and who do you not need in your life to build the dream? Can I tell you, me and him are not friends today, Amen. We might go out to eat every once in a while, say hi to one another, but no, I don't need nobody. I don't need to call you every day, amen. It's hard enough all by myself, amen. I don't, I don't need nobody else pulling me down. I pull my own self down. Don't you pull me down too, praise the Lord. Yeah, so let me move on before I get in the flesh. Praise the Lord. <laughs> amen. Number three, number three, number three. Get the right tools. Get the right tools. If you're going to build it, you see it, Herbert, I see it. I'm not there yet. I'm in Egypt, but I see it. I believe it's going to happen. I believe God is able, but I got to build it. You got to have the right tools, the right tools, the right tools. Exodus chapter 12, verse 5 through 7, it says, your lamb shall be without blemish and a, a male of the, of, of the first year. You may take it from the sheep or from the goats. Now you shall keep it until the 14th day of the same month. Then the whole assembly of the congregation of Israel shall kill it at twilight, and they shall take some of the blood and put it on the two doorposts and on the lintel of the houses where they eat it. Please understand, Israel, they, they, they saw it, they believed it in gospel, you got to have some tools. And they had to kill this lamb, and I don't have time to unpack it all, but they put the blood on the doorpost of the house. And when the death angel came through the land of Egypt, every Israelite home was spared because the, uh, the, the angel saw the blood on the, the, on the doorpost of the house. And it's symbolic of our Lord and Savior, the blood that covers our life, and our sins are forgiven. And we're no longer going to die and spend eternity separated from God, but we're going to spend eternity in his presence. But what I want you to grasp is that Israel they had some tools. God says, you want to go to the promised land? There's some tools that you need in your life. You need this lamb. You, you need this blood. You need these tools to accomplish the dream. Your dream will require some work. It will require the proper tools. And there are some people that are so spiritual that they never accomplish their dreams. Pastor, I'm praying about it. I'm just praying. You're going to do more than pray. It's going to take more than prayer to accomplish your dream. Prayer is a part of it. But listen, you, you, listen, you want your dream to come to pass? You got to work it. You, you got to do something. You got to bust a move. You got to get the right tool. Everybody out, bust a move. Come on. That's right. Get the right tools and do something with it. Well, pastor, I got a dream that one day I'm going to be a college professor on a university campus, but I don't want to go to college. Well, you're not going to do it. Amen. Pray, believe God fast, do circle spins, all of it. Anoint yourself with oil. You're not going to be a college professor. You got to get the right tools. You, you, may, you may need some counseling. Pastor, I want to start my own business. Well, what kind of books do you need? What, what tools do, 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 do you need? Pastor, my, my marriage is falling apart because of my loose mouth. You got a wrong tool. You got to get some new tools to work in your marriage. Pastor, I, I, I'm not sure how to parent. I grew up in a dysfunctional home. You need some parenting skills. You need some different tools than the one you grew up with so that you can have a healthy, functional home. Pastor, I want a new job. I'm believing God. But you got to put a resume together, honey. Amen. Nobody knows you're looking. You got to have some tools. You got to get some tools together to see your dream. Pastor, I want to be on fire for God. I want to be a man of God, a woman of God. You got to get some tools. You need a Bible. You need church. You need prayer. You need, you need worship. You need a small group. You need Wednesday night connection. What tools do you need? I could preach here a long time, but I don't have time. What tools do, do you need? The right tools are critical to your dream. I close with number four. Number four is this. Get the right perspective. Get the right 
perspective. And here's what I want you to grasp. Most dreams don't happen overnight. You've got to have the right perspective. Most dreams take time. Now, I'm going to say something that sounds very discouraging, but I want to tell you the truth. It took Israel, because of their sin and their disobedience and their problems, it took them almost 500 years to get to the promised land. Now, I'm not saying that for you. Amen. But I want you to grasp this, the right perspective, that dreams don't happen overnight. Don't get frustrated. Don't quit. Don't stop. Have the right perspective that I see it, I believe it, and I'm building it, and it's not going to happen overnight. Matter of fact, next Sunday is critical. I'm going to talk to you about the courage to fight. So many people never see the dream because they don't have the courage to fight. There's adversity, there's problems, there's setbacks. And I want to teach it next week on how do you fight? How do you fight spiritually? How do you fight? How do you fight according to the word of God? I got a dream. I got a vision. I got a hope. I need some tools. I need to fight. The right perspective is key to the dream coming to pass. Father, I thank you today for putting dreams in people's hearts.